Good morning, dear listener. Welcome to NASCO Moments. How many times have you washed your hands today? Always stay safe. I am Hudungyang. Today, our topic is the commercial potential in recycling as an environmentally friendly way to manage waste, part two. For years, the economics of plastic recycling have been questioned, but the problem is not going away. According to the World Bank data, the globe is already producing 2 trillion tons of solid waste a year and is on pace to add more than a trillion more on an annual basis in the coming decades. The COVID pandemic has heightened attention to the issue as use of disposable goods went high around the world, ranging from mandatory use and disposal of face masks, hand gloves, sanitizers, among others. Last week, we began the first of a two-part discussion on the socioeconomic benefits and commercial potential in waste management in our urban areas with our guest, Dr. Samuel Danjuma Wapwera. We were able to discuss waste management, its importance and its commercial potential. On the NASCO Moments show this morning, we will continue the second part of the discussion, laying emphasis on the commercial potential in recycling as an environmentally friendly way to manage waste. Our guest is still Dr. Samuel Njuma Wapwera. He is a town planner, environmental consultant, and a fellow of the Institute of Mortgage Brokers and Lenders of Nigeria. Listener, please stay tuned. We'll be right back. Ever since I discovered the secret of Brightex white detergent, my clothes come fresh, bright and clean always. It's mild on clothes and good for my washing machine. Thank you, Brightex. Brightex detergent cleans deep stains and dirt from your clothes, keeping it fresh and bright so your clothes don't fade. It lasts longer. Brightex white detergent, a quality product from NASCO. Take the Brightex advantage today and keep your clothes fresh, bright and clean. For your brightest wash, Brightex. Brightex, for the brightest wash. You're welcome back to NASCO Moments. I'm Hudun Gyang, and we are talking about the commercial potential in recycling as an environmentally friendly way to manage waste, part two. Our guest today is Dr. Samuel Danjuma Wapwera, a town planner, environmental consultant, and a fellow of the Institute of Mortgage Brokers and Lenders of Nigeria. Now, sir, as a way of introduction, can you briefly explain to the listener what recycling means? Well, it is used in a broad sense to include all activities that play part in returning materials from waste to the economy after some form of processing. Um, some experts are now looking at it from different terms. First one is polarization, which is in the sense of gaining value from the waste, and some are trying to look at it from the point of resource recovery. They say it's another term that could be used in the same way, which uh, include what we call recovery, um, maybe from energy or energy from waste, which is regarded as maybe treatment. Um, studies have shown that um, you go to the toilet and you pass your waste and it goes into the septic tank tendencies whereby you go back to this septic tank and utilize that component again so that you can generate you know energy for you to cook your food in the same house as possible. And so you can see all those terms, you know, they go a long way in giving us um, insight into it. But one good thing about it, it is environmentally friendly to manage waste. And it is a comprehensive way of trying to help the environment because the environment is under serious threat just like we have said in the introduction of um, this discussion this morning. Hmm. What are the methods of recycling? Um, there are different methods of recycling. Different methods of recycling depending on what um, 
we are trying to come up with. When we say methods of recycling, there are some methods in which the materials actually are actually converted into other products. While some are actually used in other kind of things so as to continue the change. Just like we give for example um, sometimes back about people using the pure I mean the swan bottle that we have around just plateau, take the water out of it, after that somebody picks it, rinse it, use it and then prepare the local um, gourd for us, called the kumulano soap, put it inside. Some use it zobo, they put it inside. Some use it even for the know this time around. Put it inside it's all about you know so you see we are using this material and it's the way of recycling it because the meaning of recycling is trying to you know you want to remain on the cycle the product is not thrown away it's mm. also mm. like you said this is the end product of a primary usage when the primary user who has taken the water from this one water it drops the, 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 the bottle huh? or the plastic container you pick it you rinse it you use it for all these things i've mentioned even though we established that that is not even a healthy way of <laughs> well, of recycling. Yeah. Mm. What are the various waste disposal practices that are harmful to our environment? There are a lot of them that are harmful. A lot of them are harmful. We get materials that are, we talked about hazardous in the previous discussion, we talked about hazardous and non hazardous you know, um, wastes. These hazardous ones, we get them and we just dump them in our fields. In the environment where we find ourselves, as I said, we do three things. We stay, we walk, and we play. You know, so, so if you find out in this environment, it's that a lot of things are not needed in the environment. They pose danger to us. For example, if you look at the different sources from which waste can be generated, we have what we call industrial waste, we have agricultural waste, we have domestic residential waste. Quantities are, and so when you begin to look at those things that are exposed, the way or the manner of exposure sometimes pose danger to the environment, to humans, because we find them in the various components of the ecosystem, of the system, in the air, the soil, water, even in the crops that we have. I give you a typical example. There is mining waste. Mining waste in the form of heavy metals and radioactive substances. It's interesting to know that a lot of people cultivate around the mining ponds we have on the just plateau. They use the water to water the plants, the vegetables, right? But at the end of the day, these substances that are radioactive substances and heavy metals are being absorbed by the same plants that we now consume in the long run. We have a number and we have a lot of disease being manifested in different hospitals today that we don't even know how to go about it. And you will go to the farm innocently and buy the, purchase these vegetables. You don't know how they've been grown. Okay, um, how does recycling benefit the environment? Let's look at the positive side now. Recycling helps the environment this way. We do not allow it to go into the ecosystem. We try to convert it into another use by taking it off the environment. For example, you have body of cattle on people. When you go to people where they have warehouses, they are buying their stuff and they are removing them and they dump the cartons around, right? It's allowed to decay. Or rare water, rain will drop on it and it decays. Eventually, so, you know, microorganisms will begin to generate, begin to grow, begin to ferment, begin to grow. And as a result, 
maybe after the rains it goes into the body of water, consumes some body of such waters, and then they now go to um, some of them are disease causing organisms that people can inhale, some people can take it, without coming to them in the air, so on and so forth. When you take it off the system by converting them into another like when you pick all the cartons around, you have a machine just like I was taught sometimes back. So you convert the papers and put a few into a toilet paper, tissue paper, I would call it. Convert some of them into um, air crates and so on and so forth. You see, you're not allowing it to go into the system. Once it is weak, you return it back to the company and they also convert it into a user. I already mentioned a few so as to understand. There are a lot of things that you can, that can be recycled from. So you can look at it from that perspective. So what, what is the importance of recycling really to the Nigerian economy? Okay. Recycling, one, generates industry. That's one. When we say industry, there are a lot of things that could be used. A lot of industries could come up. Chain of industries could come up. That's one. That use this recycling or waste material as their byproduct or their, as, their, as their raw material to create new products. It creates jobs opportunity because, you know, even though you are using, you know, robots and what have you, if there are, you have the opportunity to do so. Yes, you have created industries. That's one that will give out what we call different products that could be used, right? Because this is the way You now have what we call, you are creating job. In this country, we have a lot of problems. One of the major problems that we have is the issue of unemployment. All right. When you have created these industries, these industries will definitely absorb people. A percentage of it, a percentage of the unemployed youths will be absorbed there. They will be engaged by a number of kinds, a number of young for for a long time, a day, in a year, and so on and so forth. And then subsequently, some can develop or create what you call, can develop you know, skills, can acquire skills from it. And when they are not there, they can start up their own. I assure you that there are industries that people have come up with today. I stumbled on a young man who is uh, having an issue industry around our tour area. I know he has more than almost 10 workers working. It's a shoe industry. There are different processes involved. It's a footwear company. By the time they are not working there, the skills they have acquired, they can actually use it for another thing. And as such, they can you know, use that to sustain their families, to support others. It will reduce the, the cost of producing other things. Nigeria is rated one of the low uh, GDP countries. We are going to go by the facts. Reason being that we are not an industrial country. We are also only a consuming country. And if we are going to harness all these industries that are going to come as a result of the recycling component, it will be short. The way at which we can be able to generate revenue or GDP goes up. Okay, now when we come back from the break, I'd like to know why we don't have more recycling companies in Nigeria, despite all the advantages that will come to us if we do have them. Uh, Dr. Samuel Wapara, thank you for uh, being with us so far on the NASCO Moment Show. Listener, we're not done yet. We will continue this conversation right after the break. Ah, ah, Mama Shakara, this your shabby city shine and how don't fit? How manage? Ah, my sister. Brightex white detergent, oh. Brightex detergent, not the fake cloth at all at all. And if they wash clothes clean, well, well, it gets power to come out all the nyama nyama stain and dirty no matter how it be. You not go chop and soap? No, you know the 
chop and And it's good for washing machine too. Eh? Mama Shakara, me too now bright text detergent I go to use to wash all my clothes now so that I go to shine, shine and scent, scent and make Shakara like you so. <laughs> Brightex White Detergent, a quality product from NASCO. For your brightest wash, Brightex. Brightex, for the brightest wash. Welcome back listener, my name is Hudun Gang and this is NASCO Moments. We are talking about the commercial potential in recycling as an environmentally friendly way to manage waste. Part 2. Our guest is Dr. Samuel Danjuma Wapwera, a town planner, environmental consultant, and a fellow of the Institute of Mortgage Brokers and Lenders of Nigeria. Now we'll be getting back to our conversation. Um, we've talked about um, recycling and the benefits to uh, the country. Now, if I'm a, a potential investor, for instance, what might I be able to find out as the commercial potential or viability of recycling? The first thing is for you to identify the specific thing you want to do. Identify it. Interest you to know there are a lot of things that you can recycle. Aluminium, from tea, from the tin that you generate from taking of the multi guineas, multi-kina, the rest of them, original zero, you. You can, you can recycle that aluminum component, even from our battery cells from our vehicles. There are components that you can extract from there to generate or to recycle. It's one identification. You can recycle paper into different components. You can recycle plastic into different components. You can recycle bottle to do different things and many other things that you can actually recycle. Now, if you are able to identify what you want to do, that's what you call feasibility study, you do feasibility studies of what you have, you know, you know your potential consumers, you know, the, you know the population, you know where you're going to be getting your resource, your, your raw materials constantly and what have you, that you're going to be able to generate, how are you going to set up a chain in which you can be able to collect this raw material and then recycle them. All that can be done in your visibility studies. You know it. And then you begin to ask, how much am I going to invest? Do I need a machine that can be able to con- convert this into this? Yes. How am I going to do it? I stumbled on a young man that happens to be my student. And I have forgot about him. But about 10, 15 years back, I met him. And this young man was talking to me and he was telling me that, do you know that the materials they use in making uh, what you call a POP, we can actually generate it from here. I said, What is it, my young man? Can you please educate me on that? He told me about the materials, what have you, what have you, different things. He said, You can call that. You have a machine. Just as I've said, you need a machine. And if that machine is what is the major problem, he told me that was the major problem. It took him almost three to four to five years for him to be able to come up with that mechanism or that. You know, gauge of that uh, equipment. In Nigeria, we were able to construct it for him. And that was that's what he was able to use to extract and to get those components of the raw material for making the POP. And he told me, oh, we have some problems here and there. And he, you know, when you begin to look at the process, it's, it's an interesting process, but you need to sit down and do what they call a feasibility studies. He told me that they invested a lot of money into it. And that's it. 
So for you to become, to go into the recycling business, you need to do that. You need to be able to acquire that. Then there are times where we, we find it very difficult to do so. But you see, presently, in the internet world, we have over 1 billion materials that you can get from there, which I believe a lot of things that have to do with recycling can be found there. You can do your desktop research, you can do basic research for you to be able to get all those information so that they have into it. So you can make actually a lot of money from it. Very well. Okay, can you tell the listener the different types of waste that can be recycled into objects of economic value? For example, you see, we have the different um, sources of waste, residential waste, agricultural waste, commercial waste, industrial waste, institutional solid waste. Residential waste are generated from households. Some of them could be hazardous, some of them could not be household waste from you know from the kitchen, right? That can be their use. Agricultural solid waste, food residues, animal dung, crop residue, grass leaves. Such waste are mostly non-hazardous and also biodegradable in nature. However, containers for use or obsolete plast- uh, pesticides, herbicides and uh, roadicides could be of high um, uh, could be highly hazardous and also, so therefore those items should be removed you know and they could actually be destroyed not to affect this but you can actually recycle some of them so commercial waste are those generated from business establishment food drinks from shops from marketplaces we also have what to call industrial waste which many times if it's not your industry you wouldn't know what is a component what the components are in that but sometimes they could be small in quantity medium or large depending on the, on the waste but many times you can actually use a component of those things if you can recycle it when you have a chain of industries one using the other for the other thing for example you have um for example, in the chain of agriculture, you have a you have you have you have, you have a poultry, right? You have a poultry. Someone told me that okay, this poultry can this poultry dropping can not only be consumed by maybe pigs alone. He said at the top of his poultry, underneath that's what you call the fish pond. The fish pond once they are dropping, the fish feed on it. You can see it. So you are using or you are recycling it by using it into your what using it. For and then, when you are trying to clear up the fish pond again, the water or the waste that comes from it is also used in your farm. You can see. It. So you could be running chain of farms in one, you know, within a particular production uh, process, and you'll be, you'll be utilizing virtually everything to carry out those things. Okay. All right. So uh, there's obviously a need for quite a lot of recycling. Whether for you as in, in your own home or in your small business or or maybe for a large company, for instance, and there's there's so much waste we have in the environment and causing lots of pollution. Why don't we have more recycling companies? Because it's obviously of great benefit to us. Why don't we have more recycling companies? One, you we happen to be in a society where we promote non-productivity. The few people who have the interest in it, that's one. 
You find out that they have the skill, but they do not have the capital. They could be operating at the minor level. They tend to take over. But once the government, or they have a form of, you know, um, strategy put in place to enhance their productivity, we go a long way. You see people coming out to tell you they want to do this, want to do that. I sat down sometimes back and I was wondering, I said, you see, you are just black, there are so much rocks around and we don't have quarry industry, so many. You can count them, they are not up to 10, 20 big ones, they are small ones. You know that people who do artisanal quarry, these women that break the stones of the world, that's what still affecting them, they are even so But we do not have a company or a quarry that is interested in slicing these rocks into form of blocks for people to buy so that can be able to basic people will be right sometimes it is capital investors i talk about interest i talk about capital i talk about what the knowledge and the understanding many people are not aware but they don't have the skills about recycling the few that come you see them they're not religious so we certainly need to go and uh, acquire these skills if uh, we need to harness uh, the potentials that we have in recycling. So as we, as you give us your final words, can you also encourage the listener on getting into this recycling business? First and foremost, you have to identify exactly what you want to do. There are a lot of entrepreneurs around these days. Entrepreneurs will help you in the feasibility. Then you can use, you can package that feasibility study. We're in a country where we don't promote, we don't promote productivity. We're in a country where we promote mediocrity and the rest of them. But you see, it is very, very important if you have an idea. I said the idea, an idea rules the world. What makes it dangerous is that if the idea is the only one, and if you have one idea that is your own, and you know you can be able to do more about it, go for feasibility studies. Get the services of an entrepreneur who will tell you how potentially you know, viable that you know, idea could be. And to go a long way. There are a lot of things, there are a lot of, you know, um, a lot of things that the government have actually done that we can actually access more, small funding. But you know people want it big. You know that kind of a thing. But you see, we always say it, the journey of a thousand miles start with a what with a step if you start you know in a small way eventually you keep expanding the business it will grow but you see everybody wants it big here and now you know that kind of thing so i encourage the public i i encourage my listeners when you have an idea about recycling whatever you want to do go for it uh, the entrepreneurs have said who will give you advice on how to go about doing the feasibility studies put it take it prayerfully in the just we like talking about prayers. That also take it prayerfully, and then after that, I believe God will, you know, will find the idea. The idea will blossom. We move to the next level. Use this thing, source for funding. If the large funding is not forthcoming, start small, and you keep growing it. I believe in microfinancing a lot. I've talked about it, microfinancing. I've written a number of you know papers on microfinancing. People don't really want to look at that, but that is the in thing. People use microfinancing to blow up a lot of things and eventually, you know, after a time, after a time you discover it is time that makes everything well, makes everything better. 
we grow. Some years back, we were not big people. <laughs> we grew up that also to this level. And it's like that. So we can as well nurture the business, understand the business. And you keep, you know, liaising with other people who are doing other things elsewhere. And before you know what's happening, you discover that what you thought that was something that is nothing to write home about. Today, it will become a big business. I'll give you a typical example of what happened to us. Once upon a time, in the 80s, in the early 90s, we we're not talking about such a water, were we? We we're not talking about it because you can go to the tap and get water. But today, such a water is the in thing. Everybody takes, you know, you know, pure water and what have you. Call it pure water. I don't know, I don't know how pure it is anyway. But that is how it started. And today they are making a lot of money. It's, actually, it's part of recycling. It's part of recycling. I believe. The sachet water business is yeah. part of recycling. Of course. Oh. Recycling water. Interesting. Yeah. All right. I'm afraid uh, uh, we'll have to end the program here. Thank you so much, Dr. Samuel Wapara, for being with us. It's been two weeks running. Thank you very much for being here. Thank you very much. Listener. It's the end of our discussion today. I trust that you have learned a lot from this incisive discussion. As we end the show, follow NASCO's social media handles. You'll find a lot of information there. Visit www.facebook.com slash NASCO group. Freely send your feedback on any aspect of the NASCO Women's Radio Show to the email info at nasco.net or by text through the dedicated care line 0805-774-7777. This week on the NASCO Moments Trivia, the question is, what year was the first instance of paper recycling recorded and in which country? Send the correct answer via text to 0805-774-7777. Always include your full name and exact location. Our trivia for last week was, what are the four major categories of waste? The answers are municipal solid, industrial, agricultural, and hazardous waste. We'd like to congratulate our two winners, Izang Mildred from Angwari and Omolara Oyetunde from Bukuru Locust. We'll call you and tell you how to claim your NASCO gift baskets. The NASCO Moments radio talk show has been brought to you by NASCO Group. It was created by Unimark Limited, marketing communications consultants, executive producers, NASCO marketing department, producer Harun Audu. Research and Content Development, Chris Hammond and Harun Audu. Production Coordinator, Solomon Audu, Deborah Galadima and Alex Rubin. Please stay safe. Remember, always wash your hands, wear face masks in public, practice social distancing, always carry hand sanitizers with you. As always, my name is Hudum Gyang and this is NASCO Movies.